0: Blog talk radio good afternoon my name is jeanette abney and i want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at precious predicaments blog talk radio i'm trying to get my ipad going so because i'm also on facebook live so i want to first thank my heavenly father for blessing me giving me the activities of my limbs i also want to thank my loyal listeners and my devoted family members. Who basically also helped me by sharing the information. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you guys. I really do. And I also saw when I was going through some of my stuff today that out of five stars, some of the shows been getting four stars. So that's truly a blessing because it's not about me. It's about putting this information out there so that individuals can't say, "Didn't nobody tell you." Now, it saddens me, especially as I'm doing this show and other shows, because over the past few months, I've basically been talking about gun violence. And when I go back and I look at the TV and I still see that people are getting killed and shot and gunned down, I'm like, you know what, what is it going to take? And it was interesting enough that right before I got ready to sign on today, something told me for tomorrow's topic, you are not forgotten. And I'm like, wow. Wow. So that's going to be tomorrow's topic. So with that being said, today's topic has to do with overdose awareness, because that's been another thing that's been weighing heavily on my heart. Now, many of you may know, and for those of you, you that don't, I am the owner of two outpatient counseling centers. One of them is called J.A. Precious, Inc. i am got to turn on my AC because it's hot. I've got my AC, my fan. J.A. Precious, Inc., and the other one is called the Center for the Treatment of Addiction. Now, well, the Center for the Treatment of Addiction is where I do most of my work and have done most of my work, and I also was a court mediator investigator. I also did work with Orange County Health Care Agency where I did assessments and evaluations for nonviolent drug offenders for both Prop 36 and PC-1000, which are court-ordered drug Program. Now, so when we talk about overdose, overdose is huge. And just yes. last Wednesday when I was doing a group with my clients, I talked about that subject. It was very heartfelt. Individuals were relating, talking, but then on Saturday when they came in, the drug test, one, three people still test positive. So I know that the work that I'm doing is not going in vain, even though it can be very, very frustrating. I also know that when I'm looking at individuals, I'm able to pick up on some of the signs, the symptoms. I, just, I tell people my people used to tease me about my big nose when I was a kid growing up. I tell them now I can smell it. I can smell when something ain't right. So it bothers me because overdose is a biological response to when the human body receives too much of a substance or a mix of substances. Now, individuals know when they're in the PC-1000 program, Prop 36, court refer, it is zero tolerance for drugs and alcohol. But yet, they will still think that they can still use and get away with it. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things that really, 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 really got to me was years ago. And y'all got to excuse my noise. I'm getting my house painted. I mean, I'm like still working on my house, so but oh well. But many, many years ago, I'll never forget in my Huntington Beach office, I had a counselor come to me and say, Jeanette, um, one of the kids, one of the the young men in the program, he died. He overdosed. He was 21 years old. Now, that was one of my first experiences with overdose as far as me being the owner of an outpatient counseling center. And the parents wanted to come talk to the group and wanted to talk and meet the teacher. But this young man was 21. He had a promising future, lifeguard, going to college, all of this, all of this was going on in this man's life. His parents told him that they would take his college funds and pay for him to go to rehab. And he had been to several different rehabs. The problem was, he was supposed to check in on Tuesday. Monday night, he thought he could take his last hit. And when his parents went in the room to go wake him up to take him to treatment, they found their son dead. And they were angry. They was embarrassed. They were in part denial. They was frustrated. And when they came to my location and spoke with the clients that was attending his group along with the teacher, practically everybody in that room was crying because they were hurt, because they understood, but the parents didn't understand, why are you doing this? And that is a big, big question. Now, again, an individual can overdose on illicit drugs, alcohol, prescription medication or many other substances. Now, today's show is not designed to just, you know, talk about some of the people and how bad drugs is and all of that, because I do that on a day-to-day basis. I I tell people I utilize whatever-go-work syndrome when it comes to treatment. But today's topic is designed to provide information as it relates to overdose, because overdose appears to be a worsening epidemic. And even since COVID, the number of overdoses has also increased. And from some of the information that I found, they said that it has increased by up to 500%. Now, that is huge. Now, there is a difference, when sent me some, oh, devotional. Okay, Albert, I see your devotional, but I thought this was Um, There is a difference between substance use and abuse because some individuals will say, I can use, but I don't abuse it. But when do you cross the line from use to abuse? When you're using despite the consequences. When you're using in large amounts. When you're mixing drugs. Some individuals don't realize that experimenting with drugs, and especially opiates and fentanyl. It is out of control. So when we start talking about youth, some people say, well, I'm a, a recreational, social user. I like to drink when I go to parties. I've done this when I go to parties. But the problem is, is it really worth it? How do you know somebody's spiking your stuff? How, you know, how do you know? I'm going to even break it down to the point where there have been individuals that have overdosed on cold medicine and drinking alcohol and didn't even know that they were not supposed to be mixing that medication with alcohol or taking pills and alcohol. That can also be fatal and can lead to an overdose. Now, getting back to what I was talking about in regards to the difference, and I wanna go tell them people, please turn this down off right now because I'm on the air, but he don't know I'm on the air because I'm in a room, and I know they're sucking off the stuff on my ceiling because they're going to paint my inside of my house, okay? So again, there is a difference between substance use and abuse and treatment is available. So when we talk about treatment, there's different treatment modalities. There's detox, there's intensive outpatient, there's residential, there's outpatient, there's sober living homes, there's individuals can go to AA or NA meetings. They can also go to what I like celebrate recovery, because with celebrate recovery they talk about hurt, habit and hang up. Now if you want to join in on the show and you want to share some information, give me a call at 516-387-1914 because I do want to hear your thoughts and I want to know what you want to share as it relates to this topic. I called one of my, I want to say, persons that I know that owns an outpatient facility and I told him he was busy because I know a lot of people work through the day or they're on vacation or whatever the case may be. So like I said, I'm the owner of the Center for the Treatment of Addiction, located in Orange County. I have offices in Fullerton, Garden Grove, Huntington Beach. I also have offices with JA Precious, Inc., in Oceanside, and I have an office in Marietta. Now with that being said, I don't do the treatment, treatment stuff that I used to do. I do more educational stuff to try to help families, and I also do interventions, where if a family member needs someone to come and intervene and talk and provide them with information, because I've been doing this for over 20-something years. So I tell them, I'm not the Iyana Van but, you know, I look a little better, but <laughs> I do my best. Now, when we start talking about treatment, and like I said, I want to give a shout-out to Alonzo Mitchell. He is the owner of New Beginning Fellowship, Located in Fountain Valley, and he also provides AA and NA meetings in addition to treatment and IOP, which is intensive outpatient services. Is basically what he does. Now, with the treatment, treatment is available, and in most cases, it is designed to meet a person's need. One may also be court ordered to receive treatment. Now, resources are there to help, and they are available. Now there is also grief that can be felt by family and friends that may be left behind. And when we started talking about left behind, they could be left behind in the event of a death because they can go through survivor's guilt it's also if they were there. I was talking to some individuals and they were saying how in the past individuals would just leave the body if a person, if they were all getting high and they would just leave the body. Now individuals are trying to be more around. Let me go to him. I need him to give me a break. So I apologize for that. Okay. So I knew he couldn't hear me. if I started screaming from the room. So I had to go and tell him. So again, if you want to call in on the show and you want to talk about overdose awareness, please give me a call, 516-387-1914. Because like I said, this is, end of, this is a very interesting topic. And it's not only when we hear about celebrities. Because I was when I was getting the show, putting the show together, I started looking at some things, and, you know, because we think of the celebrities that have overdosed. You know, like I said, I have an office in Huntington Beach. I remember when I was watching Whitney Houston perform, and I said, Whitney's on drugs. And I had a client, and she was friends with Whitney, and she knew Whitney's daughter because her and her daughter knew each other, and I said, you know what, tell Whitney to give me a call. Because a lot of times individuals are embarrassed. They don't want people to know what's going on in their life. And I never forget her talking about crackers, whack, crackers, whack. When she was being interviewed by Barbara Walters, but by that same token, she was still dealing with something. But then what? She overdosed. You know, we got Michael Jackson, overdosed, Prince, Heath Ledger, Little Peeps, Joan Rivers, Amy Winehouse. There's been quite a few. And I saw something and it said Dr. Laura, and I'm like, wait a minute. It says something about her son, age 16, overdose on fentanyl and Xanax. Something, okay, that's got to be a different Dr. Laura, because I thought her son was older than that. But by that same token, many families are suffering and dealing with this, and they don't know what to do. And so individuals will start isolating themselves. Now, the one thing with Amy, I'll never forget the, her the first song about um, rehab, and I was like, she did all that about singing about rehab, and then wind up overdosing. And like I said, a lot of it can be fear-based. But I want you to know that awareness is important. The month of August is considered International Overdose Awareness Month. Many organizations are going to be getting together, putting things out there, information out there, pamphlets out there to educate the community about overdose because many individuals are clueless when it comes to that. A lot of parents are not even aware when their children or young adults are using drugs. They have no idea. And it's not that people should know, I mean I grew up in Compton, California, so I saw a lot of things in the eighties with crack epidemic. I saw a lot of things with heroin. Didn't know heroin was for a very long time. You know, PCP, marijuana. So I kinda of started picking up on the symptoms. Now I tell individuals, I've never done drugs, I didn't drink. But by the same token, I just didn't want to be under the influence of a controlled substance. Then when I started working for Orange County Healthcare Agency, doing evaluations or nonviolent drug offenders and I would interview clients and now one of the questions was how many overdose have you had and they would say four five six and i would be like I thought that if a person overdosed they died I didn't know so that lets you know even though I was in the field trained professional did not know that an individual can have multiple overdose so then you it makes me wonder you never know when that one thing may take you out of here. You you never know. And it could be something it's even as simple as alcohol. Some people say, Well, alcohol can't kill you or I never know nobody smoking from died from smoking from weed smoking weed. That's not true. That is so so not true. Now, again I wanna say overdose is preventable. It is affecting our children, adolescents, young adults as well as our seniors now because we do have some seniors that have overdose we do have some kids that have gotten a hold of some their parents stuff, whether it could have been aspirins, whether it could be drugs, whether it could be it could be a combination of things. but again it's getting to the bottom of stopping this epidemic because it is definitely out of control. So if you know someone that you love that is dealing with addiction, you can call the National Helpline at 800-662-HELP. If you are in crisis, you can also call the Suicide Prevention Hotline or call 911 or 211. This is about saving lives, and many individuals may not be aware that there are grants and funding out there that it doesn't they don't charge individuals to get help because that's where the grants and that's why they because they're needed in certain communities and this is something that doesn't have anything to do with how rich you are how poor you are. Some individuals have a perception that most of the addictions are that overdose happen more in impoverished and the ghetto. Mm-hmm. Rich white folks overdose, too. You know, Hispanics overdose, too. So we got to gain a sense of awareness. We need to gain more information when it comes to utilizing our resources because we can't stay in the blind because people are dying. And even when I was looking up this information and I saw something and it kind of got my attention because it had something to do with like 93,000 deaths from suicide. That's not even the suicide attempt. That is just basically the number of individuals. When I was looking at the deaths of going up in children And they were talking about um, in Philadelphia, we talking about the homeless individuals and the number of individuals that die from overdose. They talked about addiction is not just something that happens just to the individual. Addiction is something that impacts and affects the whole family. So the whole family is affected by this. And so I'm saying this, and Jackie, I see you on here. You can call in, you know, because I'll be needing somebody to talk to when we're talking about this. And um, like I said, it was 93,000 drug overdose. When we start talking about the families, I remember the story. I read an article about the young, the little kid. I forgot what state she was in, but she was on the school bus and she got herself dressed, ready to go to school. Had to leave her two siblings at home, and she told the school bus driver that she was afraid to go home because she couldn't wear her mommy up, her mommy and her daddy, and her mom's boyfriend. And the crazy part was when the young girl got home from school, the school officials went in with her because she was afraid. And sure enough, they found the mother and another guy dead. And the two, her two siblings had been at home all by themselves, where the two adults died by way of overdose. Now, grief, like I said, so by the family and friends, Also, in Tennessee, the state of Tennessee, they're talking about fentanyl. Fentanyl is huge. Now, again, individuals respond differently to overdose. We talked a little bit about treatment, but we have to make sure we have a wake-up call by educating ourselves, finding resources, because this is, like I said, it's something that is scary. It's, It's very scary. Now, I don't like... I don't like, but, because I will do it in a heartbeat. But I've had my own family members that have come to overdose. And a lot of my other family members be like, no, nah, they didn't do that. No, they, no, they overdosed. So we have to stop putting a blinder on things. And like I said, pay more attention. Now, I'm looking at something, and they're talking about even in this article was written July 14, 2021, and they talked about the a proliferation of fentanyl, along with isolation and stress from COVID-19 pandemic, drove a tragic increase in what they say in regards to overdose. Now we know that some individuals use drugs because they're bored. Some individuals use drugs for other different reasons. But one of the things that they said, and this was in also in 2020, it surged nearly 30%, now it's higher. But even in 2020, they looked at it as it was definitely, that's when they knew it was a crisis. And they estimated that 93,331 deaths from drug overdose last year was a record high. And it represented the sharpest annual increase in the last three decades compared to an estimate total of 72,000 deaths, 151 in 2019. Now with those stunning numbers, one of the things that they said was that the data showed that fentanyl, fentanyl was a problem. It was a powerful synthetic opioid whose use has spread across the nation. The pandemic amplified the epidemic of overdose, bringing on social isolation, trauma, job losses, and, uh-oh, give me one second. Yes, Joy. Hey, Tina, how you doing? You know what? I'm on the radio. Now you on the radio with me. What's going on? Oh, oh no, I'm, uh, I'll send you a text. I'll let you know what's going on in the text, okay? Is it good or bad? It's not good. You might as well tell me. No, no, I'm going to send you a, I'm a text. Oh, God. Now you're going to send me a text. Now you're going to make me wonder. what? What? Do you got something to do with that I'm going to send you a text. Okay, I'll look forward All to right. the text. Okay. I'll send it right to you later. Okay, bye. Okay. You know what? Mm, Now I've got to find out what's going on in my neighborhood because apparently when I get calls from neighbors and they're trying to share something with me, uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Okay. Getting back to with fentanyl, fentanyl, which is 50 times more potent than heroin, is now frequently mixed into other Oh, Van A. I knew that was going to, mm, okay. My condolences to the Polidore family. I just got the text that Van A. Polidore has passed away. Okay. Okay. So, wow. And I didn't really plan on going to Compton this week, but I guess I'm going to have to. Because first his wife died of COVID, then Van Aie caught COVID. Alrighty. So, let me start calling people. Okay. So, Again, fentanyl, which is 50 times more potent, and fentanyl is a poisoning drug. It's poisoning our drug supply is what they indicate, and I know this just basically changed my mood because I've been knowing Van A for, since I was a kid, we grew up across the street from each other, okay? And I know people, individuals was praying, and that's one of the things, like I said, with tomorrow's topic, God has not forgotten about you. Because a lot of times when we think when we, our prayers are going unanswered, it's not that our prayers are going unanswered. It's in God's will. It's, just, it's in his hands. Nothing we can do about it. But I'm going to say this. Many of us need to get our house in order. We need to take care of our business. We got some stuff that we need to do, that we need to take care of. And um, some of us is, I'm not passing judgment. We, we got some stuff, we got some work we got to do. We really do. And I know this is gonna hit our neighborhood really, really bad, but we'll make it, we'll survive. But I do gotta call Brenda, Penny, and um, check on them and make sure that they're okay, okay? Now, getting back to what I was talking about, I wanna first give you some information in regards to the symptoms of an overdose. And if you wanna call in and join us on the show, give me a call at 516. 387-1914. Three eight seven one nine one four. Because we started talking about an overdose. It says if you believe that you or your loved one are experiencing an overdose, call 911 immediately. And I talked about what the definition of an overdose was and I gave some information. But in addition to these symptoms or other signs may include a deprivation from normal body temperature. People's body temperature can um, Either there will be hypothermia or it can drop. Pass it out are an unresponsive loss of consciousness, skin color changes, abnormal ble- uh, breathing, fast, slow, or irregular pulse. One of my favorite shows, I love watching the Half and a Have Not. And on the Half and a Have Knots, Wyatt. Wyatt was a notorious drug user, self-medicating. You know, they had an episode where he broke out the hospital, went in there, stole a bunch of pills, and sure enough, he had an overdose. He died right there on the show. So we even have movies that are letting us see what this looks like and what to do. So when we talked about, even though overdose is scary, but you gotta call for some help now. Signs of an overdose, different drugs are associated with various overdose effects. Some signs of overdose of the following types of drugs which are, we talk about the central nervous system, the depressant, shallow breathing, weak pulse, clammy skin, coma, death from respiratory arrest. We got the hallucinogen, the the psychotic features, the agitation and delirium. We got the inhalant, marked by the central nervous system depression loss of consciousness, stupor or coma, um, and um sudden death we got marijuana. Ooh. <laughs> okay, good Lord, thing just failed. With the marijuana we have the um profound drowsiness, unsteady gait, vomiting, agitation, psychosis, and with opiates, depressed level of consciousness, respiratory depression, arrest, cold, clammy skin, turning blue, and with stimulants, kind of the same thing. So we have different, what you call, upers downers all around us, all around us. So if you witness an overdose, and the person has passed out, they should be placed on their side, just in case of vomit. That is one of the things with alcohol, people die from asphyxiation, they swallow their own throat up. That's why you turn them to the side. The person should not eat or drink anything, and if friends know what substances that they were taking, they should report this to an emergency responder so the appropriate treatment can be given. And if you know the person have any allergies or whatever the case may be, let the people know when they get there. Also, if the person has consumed too much alcohol, do not attempt to make them drink coffee or put them in a cold shower. These long-standing treatments for alcohol intoxication do not help sober the person up. They can lead to accidents or injuries. And that was one of the things that people thought. They drunk, go put them in the shower. Or give them something to drink, to do that. In many cases of substance overdose, including alcohol poisoning, immediate treatment can save lives. If it isn't received, the following could occur. The person could vomit, and then aspirate or choke on the vomit. The person could develop what's called a pathological heart rhythm, or the heart could even stop. The person could experience slow or irregular breathing, or breathing could stop altogether. Body temperature may drop. If the person vomits, um, repeatedly severe dehydration may occur, which may precipitate other complications, including seizures. And should respiratory arrest occur, Lasting anorexic brain damage and other organ injury may occur, and the risk of death is very, very high. Now, is overdose a sign that treatment is necessary? One of the things that they indicate is accidental overdose is a clear sign that treatment is necessary. That being said, someone can overdose the first time when they use a substance, and people don't realize that, B, Careful. I used to always tell individuals, I'm too old for peer pressure. You are not going to get me to do no drugs. It ain't going down like that. And I may, people may think I eat a lot. I don't eat everything. So when we start talking about that in regards to the first time, in cases the person may not necessarily meet the criteria for what's called a substance abuse disorder or addiction and might not even require a full range of addiction treatment service. Even in those instances, Education on substance use and abuse is recommended. You know, they try to teach kids and, you know, the the D.A.R.E. program, and uh, they got so many different programs out there to try to help educate our youth. But by that same token, some individuals are still overdosing. Now, when we start talking about that the education is recommended, though the overdose itself would likely serve as the biggest determinant to future drug use. It remains, though, that many people who overdose have a history of substance abuse and or addiction. That's why the two go together, because there's normally a history of it. And if there is a history, for these individuals, comprehensive treatment should address the underlying reasons that led to the substance abuse in the first place. And we also note that with co-occurring medical or mental health issues, with assistance, recovery within, is within reach, ensuring the future that is free of overdose and related health issues. So I also want to say that we talk about co-occurring <coughs> disorders. so many individuals are not aware that if you're taking certain medications, whether it's for high blood pressure, even if you're taking medications for cold, over-the-counter medications, be mindful about mixing drugs and alcohol, or be mindful about mixing over-the-counter medication with prescription medication, because those are things that can lead to an overdose, and the person may not even be aware. For some reason, Gerald LeVert keep popping up in my head. Now, I don't know all the details of Gerald LeVert's story, but I do remember it was something with either cold medicine or medicine and other things, and he died at a very young age. Now, we have what's also called the Good Samaritan Laws when witnessing overdose. And under the Good Samaritan Law, if people realize that someone is experiencing an overdose, they should call 911 right away and report the emergency. Once they do so, the emergency responders give medical assistance to the person in need. They are given limited protection from prosecution for possession of drugs. That used to be huge because years ago what would happen is individuals would all be getting high together, somebody drop, drop out, pass out, going to go and everybody will flee the sea. Be like my stepfather used to say, they're going to shake the spot. So now they don't want you to do that, call somebody, get some help. Now, the laws vary somewhat by state, so I want you to know that, because even in my program, people get that confused, because you may still get arrested for under the influence yourself or possession yourself, but you won't be charged with that murder or that death. Now, so that's one of the things you need to know. And the person who overdoses may receive the same immunity from possessing a small amount of illicit substances. While this limited immunity protects those who possess the use of alcohol or drugs, it won't protect from other drug and non-drug related crimes. And that's some of the things that be going on. Because, you know, I, I tell individuals get to the underlying root drug don't fix problems and it can make your situation worse so a lot of times individuals we they either self-medicate or you know they overcompensate they're stressed out they worried you know they partying how do you know when you just had too much how do you know when you overdone it you know we talk about binge drinking you know that is huge I have a grandchild that's on her way to college. I am going to pray, 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 because and cover her and try to educate her. Now, she knows she's been around my program since she was two years old, but that doesn't mean she's immune. So we just want to make sure that we talk and we listen, and we listen. Now, I'm looking at something, and it says, can overdose of blood pressure pills cause death? Because sometimes individuals don't even realize just, it don't even have to be a drug like cocaine, marijuana, you know, fentanyl or heroin. A beta blocker overdose can be very dangerous. It can cause death. The If the person's heart rate and blood pressure can be corrected, survival is likely. Survival depends on how much and what type of this, this medicine the person took and how quickly they received treatment. I remember hearing stories years ago about people overdosing on aspirins and Advils and and things of that nature. So we just want to make sure, like I said, that there's a sense of awareness. And we also want to make sure that we put medications away so that kids don't have access to it. And if you notice that your medicine and stuff like your prescriptions is missing, do something about it. Some individuals don't even realize that it is actually illegal to take medication that is not prescribed to them. I remember back in the day, my mother would call me, Jeanette, go to my house and give me some Valium. I'm riding on my bike. I did not know that was against the law. People were sharing medication. Don't do that. Because if you have a prescription, that prescription is for you. And if you give that medication to somebody else, and they mess around and die, I don't know how you go deal with that one. Not to say it was your fault, but I'm just going to say don't share medication. Now, I'm looking at something, some other information, and it talks about, again, because like, like I said, this is overdose awareness. So I just want you guys to be aware of the signs as well as the symptoms. And like I said, it can happen on your first go-around and it can happen multiple times, and again, it's referred to as, they say, OD for short, and it happens when the body, like I said, is overwhelmed by a toxic amount of substance or a combination of substances. It's possible to overdose on a lot of things, including alcohol and even prescription medication because some individuals don't think that they can overdose on prescription medication, but any drug, can be either accidental or intentional. An accidental overdose tends to happen when people take more than the prescribed medication that originally intended to achieve a certain result or when they use too much of an illicit drug trying to get a better high. An intentional overdose are usually the result of someone trying to commit suicide. Regardless of the intent, any loss of life due to overdose is tragic. And any overdose can have a severe and lasting repercussion. Now, if substance abuse behavior persists, there remains a real possibility of overdose. Like I said, just Wednesday, I did a group, overdose, awareness, talking to my group, talking to my clients, and you still use it. That's deep. Get you some help. It is so not worth taking your life not worth it. I talked about some of the signs and the symptoms, the dilated pupils, the um, unsteady walking chest pains, the gurgling sounds, the blue lips, fingers, the nausea, the vomiting, the paranoia, the agitation, the seizures, the unresponsiveness, becoming unconscious, and the death. How long do do the signs of symptoms last? It depends, we don't know. I wanna give you some overdose risk factors. And that's one of the things, a lot of times, individuals are not very forthcoming when they're sharing their history and giving the person individual information that's doing the assessment. But if you abuse any substance, there's always a risk of overdosing. However, certain actions and conditions may further increase that risk, and it is important to be aware of them in order to reduce the chances of a person overdosing. One of the things is a significant psychological dependence on drugs. If the person is a heroin user, a meth user, cocaine user, prescription use, a prescription pill, they are at a higher risk. Prior overdoses, if an individual have a history of suicide attempts or prior overdoses, they are at risk, abusing multiple substances, including alcohol. Some people think certain things go together. No, they don't. Taking a large amount of substance at once, dropping out of a substance abuse treatment, gradually increasing the dose of substance over time, A reluctance to seek emergency help when needed, intravenous drug use is huge, especially if the intravenous drug user is using heroin. Also, being recently released from prison, previous suicide attempts, resuming drugs after a period of abstinence, that's been huge, where individuals have been clean and sober for a certain amount of time, and then they go back into their old habits, and then one time to and a low level of physical tolerance. Now, the tolerance actually refers to the state that occurs when your body has become accustomed to the presence of the drug, so it requires increased amounts or more frequent doses of the drug to achieve the kind of high you previously got with smaller dose. If you continue to increase your dose or take the drug more frequently, you may have a higher risk of dosing. Tolerance may also influence overdose risk in other ways. For instance, individuals with a history of chronic heresy, heavy substance abuse may develop considerable tolerance to the effect of the drug, allowing them to take more than someone who is naive. You know, I can see that with peer pressure and individuals or, you know, they want to show they're bad or show that they got this and take more, consume more. Mm-mm. It is so not worth it. Now, when we start talking about, I gave you some information on what to do if you overdose on drugs, like I said, call 911, check a person's breathing, lay them on their side, provide CPR if necessary, but do not try to reason with the person or give your opinion about the situation, not the time. Stay as calm as possible while waiting for medical response and assume the person that helped just let them know that you you call for help. So, again, if you want to share, if you want to talk about this, give me a call because my mouth is getting dry. Give me a call at 516-387-1914 because I know that there are a lot of you out there that basically – have knowledge, have experiences, have seen, or had people in their family that have overdosed that, you know, it's, it's like, wow. I was watching a movie, I think it was Friday, and um can't remember what the movie was, but it was an African-American family, and this family was one, they had a daughter that was going to college, and they were, you know, very high-class politicians, all of this daughter had been involved in an accident and got addicted to pain pills. She developed an addiction. And she got in a car accident. When she got in a car accident, the hospital personnel told the family, Your daughter's an addict They was offended. They was pissed off. Partly because they was in spirit. They did not want to accept that their daughter had a drug problem. And I see that a lot, especially being in the field of addiction. There's a lot of denial. There's a lot of the embarrassment of the family. They'll cut you off. Sometimes the the, fam- the individual will basically isolate themselves. But again, there is a difference between youth and abuse and also abuse and mental health. And individuals may not even be aware that when we're looking at individuals that basically have been in car accidents and get prescribed pain pills and they can't get a hold of their pain pills, they, in most cases, will turn to street drugs. Now, I'm looking at something, and this is from the Research Recovery Institute, and they did a study, and the study was characterized, characterizing intentional and Accidental Overdose death. Now they indicated that in the past decade overdose deaths have more than doubled in the United States with the prescription of opiate contributing to a substantially to this dramatic increase. This article basically explores the characteristics of self-inflicted and unintentional overdose deaths. Now one of the things that the problem, and this study was done, ooh, wow, this study was done over 10 years, ooh, almost 20 years ago, because it was from 2000 to 2014, and the rate of overdose deaths did had increased to 6.2 to 14.7 deaths per the $100,000, or oh a little lower, my tooth, my, the 100,000 po- number of population. Now, what this study conducted is they did a lot of data. They did more in South Carolina. And they found that the majority of individuals dying from self-inflicted was 79.2% and an unintentional was 75.6%. Drug overdoses had prescriptions for a controlled substance within the year leading up to their death. And the average numbers of days between the last dispensed prescription for the controlled substance was 31 days for the self-inflicted drug overdose death and 45 days for the unintentional drug overdose death, indicating individuals dying of overdose often had contact with healthcare providers shortly before their deaths. And that was one of the things that they also that I've learned when it comes to prescription use and the different medications is that they have it labeled in regards to the class of drugs. You can't go and tell your doctor, you know, I need a new prescription, I lost my, Mm mm-mm, especially if you have a history of substance abuse. And it's very important that you be honest with your doctors because they have what's called doctor shopping. Some individuals would go from hospital to hospital to hospital to try to get their drugs or get, stay sick. You know, um, like I said, by being a therapist and doing groups, I do what's called per- perinatal risk of drug exposure because we have children that are being born addicted to opiates and other drugs, and individuals are losing custody of their children and don't even realize that that plays a role in it. Now, when we started talking about this information, and they talked about anti-depressants contributed to a significantly higher percent of self-inflicted compared to unintentional. Now, prescription opiates and cocaine contribute to a significant higher percent of unintentional compared to self-inflicted, overdose deaths, and benzos contributed to a similar percent of self-inflicted and unintentional overdose deaths. So when we start looking at this, you know, and they talked about the study and why these studies are so important, they are important because when we start talking about the pharmaceutical, that's a billion-dollar industry. Don't be nobody's guinea pig. Take care of what you put, take care of yourself and what you put into your body. Now, individuals and families seeking recovery from opiates and um, Valiums and Vicodin, they are heavily implicated in both intentional and accidental drug overdose because opiates and benzos are both sedative hypnotic drugs and they have addictive effects even when taken together and thus can dramatically increase the risk of overdose when combined. Now, the, they call it um, Naloxone can reverse an opiate overdose. However, when multiple medications, drugs are implicated with the overdose, it's less effective. So seek medical attention. Don't try to do this on your own. You know, they have um, individuals that have basically tried to, for policymakers the problem associated with opiate prescription and widely Appreciated. So, you know, people are writing Congress, they're doing things, talking about the cost of medication. We've got to do better. We have to bring a sense of awareness. And I know I've heard individuals say, well, Jeanette, what's the difference in me taking a prescribed medication versus me taking street drugs? I'm not saying you take no drugs, and I know pain is no joke. Shoot, I had to call my doctor today and still couldn't get through and I got to call again because of arthritis pain. It is nothing to black with. But by that same token, I don't want to be taking no medication because all that's going to do is basically numb the pain. So again, drug overdose is real. It happens. Do not play Russian roulette with your life. And like I said, it varies. Now, I'm looking at some information, and this is coming from WebMD, and I said earlier that individuals respond differently. And again, drug overdose can involve individuals of any age and it's most common in very young children from crawling age to five and amongst teenagers and those in their mid-30s and also in seniors. One of the things that I want to talk about with some of the risk factors, job loss, medical conditions, mental health issues, financial reasons, breakup of relationships. Those, Just to name a few off the top of my head where individuals have gotten to the point to where they attempted overdose or attempted suicide because they felt that they couldn't deal with the pain and grief was another one. Now again, get some help, 2 if you need someone to talk to, you can connect with an addiction specialist, you can utilize your insurance, you can go to rehab. You can find you a sober coach. You can find someone to help you learn skills to try to help you to battle that demon because addiction is no joke. Now, I gave some information about the symptoms. I talked about some of the stuff that people experience. But, again, we got to pay attention. we got to pay attention. we got to stop. Closing our eyes or, you know, just thinking that it don't exist, not in my house. Because when it happens to you or happens to someone you love or your children or your grandchildren, what are you going to do? You know, I tell individuals, and I talked about how we can prevent it. It is preventable if you know what you're looking at, if you know how to address it, and if you know how to utilize your resources resources. Utilize your resources. And I'm not saying that mental health is, you know, because mental health is real too. We have individuals that are really, really dealing with some traumatic stuff today, just period. Just not today, yesterday, day before yesterday and all of that too. But it kind of goes back to the this too shall pass. But by the same token, the drug is a temporary fix, temporary it do not change the situation. It really do not And if you are a veteran or have served in the armed forces, you can also utilize the VA services. So I'm also looking at um, if we start talking about, you know, sometimes the doctor can give people the wrong prescription. That can happen. We, there's things that in your home, under your kitchen sink That could be considered poison We got to make sure that our Kids don't get a hold of those Different things So those are just, just a few of the information Like I said that I wanted to share And again I got about Six minutes left on the show If you want to call in give me a call 516-387-1914 If you yourself Have overdose I wanna know what it was like for you. I wanna know what saved you, if you basically stopped using, or if you are still using, because some individuals may have had multiple overdose and that did not stop them from using drugs. It really didn't. And sometimes, what is it gonna take? You know, for an individual to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And a lot of times individuals are, Sometimes it takes death, it's sad, but do you have life insurance? Do you have burial insurance? Are you leaving this on your family to have to deal with? And those are just some of the things that individuals don't even, at the time they're not even thinking about that. Now, I'm looking at this information, and again, this is dealing with 2020, 2021, and then, like I said, the U.S. overdose deaths have soared an all-time high. It's like, wow. What is going on? And they did a report, and it was released on July 14th by the Center of Disease Control and Prevention and the CDC National Center for Health Statistics. And again, they talked about the high number of deaths. And they talked about again. And they looked at it, and they looked at it from financial loss, social isolation, widespread healthcare disruption, amongst other things, to a problem that was at a crisis level, what he said, and they're sad because they don't know what to do. But then again, it's going back to the synthetic opioids. But again, it's more than just individuals that are overdosing on opioids, it's Oxycontin. You know, it's a lot of different things that's going on that people are getting a hold of, and even mixing fentanyl with marijuana and other different drugs. We have to be mindful. And I'm looking at something, and it says more local cannabis dispensaries, dispensaries may mean fewer opiate overdose deaths, but that's what they say, but we don't know. Because when you start substituting one drug for another drug, like I said, you've got people mixing stuff in your marijuana. I tell people when I was a kid growing up, we had a person in our neighborhood that was mixing marijuana with PCP, and they didn't even know that they were smoking PCP. But if you dipped it in PCP, we called it a lovely. But by that same token, they didn't even know. They just thought they had some bomb weed. So educate yourself as it relates to addiction. And if you have a family history of addiction, again, you are more at risk. Now, I'm looking at opiate crisis response leaves black Americans behind because treatment options aren't equally available to all communities, resulting in more death among black Americans now african-americans have the fi- fastest growing rate of synthetic opiate deaths in the country right now yet it is often harder for them to access to get access to treatment options now part of it is you know it can be a lot of different reasons but with the opiate epidemic, have gotten an increased amount of attention from the public health officials over the past two decades but who the interventions have helped largely depends on class and race. Like I said, I do interventions, but the rate and the price of an intervention can range from $500 to $10,000, meaning that is from meeting with the family, assessing the family, hopefully the individual wants to get help, in most cases they may not, and then with that being said, getting connected with your insurance provider to utilize your resources to see what your insurance will cover, connecting the individual to a provider, whether it is detox, residential, intensive outpatient, educating the family about the steps to be taken, providing a support group for the family, and also trying to restore some relationships if possible because there could be some underlying stuff that may be going on within the family. So it's it's help out there. It, it really is. And if you want to get in touch with me, give me a call at 516-387-1914. It's the number to my radio show. But the number to my office for the Center for the Treatment of Addiction is 714-992-1677, or you can find me by looking up my name, Jeanette Abney. Last name is spelled A-B-N-E-Y, and genetics, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E. If I can't help you, I will do my best to try to guide you in the right direction to try to help you to utilize resources Nine. available so that you won't feel as if you are alone, so that you don't feel as if you're hopeless, you're helpless, and you have to be embarrassed or be in denial trying to explore what the mental health issues are and assessing, like I said, the family needs because this is something that is impacting our homes, our families, our communities. it's, It's out there. It is really out there and we that overdose is occurring. Now again, and goes back into the information that I'm reading, the U.S. Department of Health Human Services report published in February 2020 found that black American had the fastest growing rate of synthetic opiate deaths in the country. This class of opiates, which includes fentanyl, are responsible for nearly 60% of all opiate deaths in the country. And that was according to the Center of Disease Control Prevention. Now, with those kind of statistics, we could be like, okay, well, what can we do? What, what, what can we do? Get some help. Get some help, and when I say get some help, make sure that you're open, make sure that you self-disclose. This is impacting individuals within their employment. It's costing the medical industry a lot of money. People taking time off from work, but again, help is available. I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I hope that I shared some information that may be able to help you with this journey. Again, if you or your loved one is experiencing symptoms of addiction or drug use or abuse, again, you can also call the National Helpline at 800-662-HELP. Contact your insurance provider. There are programs available within the community, but I'm going to tell you, overdosing, don't sound like no fun to me. So again, tomorrow's show, I'm going to be talking about basically, you're not alone. And that, because a lot of times, and I forgot what exactly the dog on top of said at first. I'm going to have to listen to the show to hear it, because I got distracted. But, God got you. So again, thank you for joining me, Professor Vidicumis, Blog Talk Radio. Bye-bye.